You are listening to episode number 14 of the You Are Nourished podcast. Are you plagued by constant thoughts of food all day long? Do you find yourself thinking about food obsessively that it's having a negative impact on your emotional well-being? Today we're uncovering why we have these thoughts and how to change our narrative and clear some mental space. Grab a journal and stay tuned. Are you tired of dieting, fed up with constantly stressing out about food and sick to death of feeling like absolute rubbish because no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get control over your eating habits? Well, my love, you are in the right place. I'm Lauren Gafer. I'm a nutritional therapist and a mindset coach. I'm a mum of two and I happen to be partial to an oat milk latte and a Friday night gin and tonic. But I am mostly on a mission to make sure that you never go on another diet. On this podcast, my goal is to liberate you from restrictive and unsustainable diets by learning how to eat more intuitively, teaching you how to nourish yourself in body and mind, and helping you feel the best you've ever felt without ever counting another calorie again. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I've got a really juicy episode for you today and I'm really excited about sharing some of this stuff with you. Today is less about food and nutrition, although it's always in the background of everything that I do, but it's more about your mindset and your mental state than it is about giving you tips around meal prep or food tips or anything along those lines. So this is more about your mindset. So this is for you if you feel constantly plagued by obsessive thoughts around food. And I see this a lot in the challenges that I've run and in my membership when people are at the very beginning of their journey of quitting dieting, they're very much in a space where they feel obsessive about food and are always thinking about food. So what I want to share with you, and I want to kick this off, by saying that the major cause of food obsession is dieting and restriction. And there are mechanisms at play in your body, both physically, physiologically, and psychologically, that will make you obsess about food when you are not getting enough of it. And so this whole concept of eating less than our body needs is going to make our body obsess about food and crave food to what seems like an unnatural level, but really all your body is doing is just kind of begging you to eat what it what it needs. I want to caveat this topic with the fact that there is a difference between disordered eating and eating disorders. So there is a lot of food obsession that goes on with eating disorders. And if you have been diagnosed with an eating disorder, if you believe you may have an eating disorder, then that is something that you need to seek professional counsel from. I am not qualified to treat eating disorders. I don't have the right qualifications. You need a a specialist in that in that field. But there is a, a very thin line between eating disorders and disordered eating. But disordered eating is obviously not as severe. And what one person who has disordered eating may term a binge would be very, very different to somebody who has binge eating disorder, for example, or bulimia, for example. So there's a big, big difference between, you know, the behaviours around the word binging, for example, in whether you do or don't have an eating disorder. So 
I just want to caveat that, um, that I predominantly help people with disordered eating and the root cause of disordered eating in the most part is dieting. And so that's why I am so passionate about helping people to get off the roller coaster of dieting because it does lead to disordered eating and a really poor relationship with food. Um, and when you are obsessing unnaturally about food all day long, then that's not a good place to be. That's a lot of mental space being taken up with food and being taken up with thoughts of food and thoughts of things you should be having and shouldn't be having and the guilt associated with the things that you want but don't think you should have it's pretty exhausting, right? And so we want to try and get you away from that so that you can clear mental space to do other more exciting things in your life. I want to start by giving you a little bit of background. And this, I hope, will help you understand why we obsess about food when we restrict our calories. So you may or may not have heard of a study that was done back in the 1940s around the time of the Second World War called the Minnesota Starvation Experiment. Um, you may be familiar with, with this or it might be the first time you're hearing about it, whatever way I'm going to tell you about it anyway, because it's really, really fascinating and it forms the basis for treatment around eating disorders as well as disordered eating and gives you a really solid understanding as to why people behave the way that they do when they restrict calories. So this was um, an experiment conducted by a chap called Ansel Keys, and he was a physiologist and another chap called Joseph Brozek, who was a psychologist. And they conducted this study because they wanted to identify the best type of rehabilitation diet for individuals who had experienced starvation. So they set up this controlled environment and they recruited 36 young, healthy males. Most of the men at that point were in the military, but they managed to find this group of men who were in public service in the United States. And they put them all together in this controlled environment. They, they took all of their basic functions, body weight, size, strength. Um, they were given psychomotor tests and endurance tests and uh, personality tests from psychologists, all sorts of things like that. And they were deemed to be uh, physically and mentally healthy blokes. And so they went into this controlled environment that lasted about a year. For the first 12 weeks, which was the control period, they ate a normal diet of three and a half thousand calories. Now you might be going, my God, that's so much food. But actually for a young male, three and a half thousand calories is a normal amount of food. And um, that's what they fed them. They were given, um, you know, meals throughout the day and um, they were under the supervision of a, you know, trained dietitian and a cook and, and everything. And their meals were actually adjusted according to their body size, but that's roughly what they ate during the course of a day, three and a half thousand calories for the first 12 weeks. Then for the next six months, they halved their caloric intake. So they were served two meals a day and ate just over 1500 calories a day. Now you might be thinking 1500 calories, gosh, that's still a lot because this magic number of 1200 calories that was picked out of God knows where for the acceptable amount of calories to eat in a day is what a lot of diets teach and peddle is this 1200 calorie a day diet. And a lot of calorie counting is done to reach this 1200 calories. But when you think about it, these men were eating three and a half thousand calories as their normal diet and what was considered to be calorie restriction was 1,570 calories a day. And the results and the findings of these six months were so fascinating. So they did lose 
weight. They lost around 25% of their weight. But what was most interesting were the psychological changes that these men went through during those six months when they were getting half the amount of calories than they were getting previously and what really their bodies needed to, to function properly. So they became really preoccupied with food right? Hello, food obsession. Literally became obsessed with food. They would talk about food. A lot of their conversations revolved around food. They would start reading about food. They were drawing food. They had a reduction in their concentration in kind of other areas. So for example, they'd sit and watch a movie, but they couldn't sit and finish the movie because they were just preoccupied with thoughts about food. Some of them started reading cookbooks. Some of them became chefs uh, and actually changed their profession to be around food because they were so obsessed about food. They also became really possessive. And at mealtimes, um, they noticed that a lot of the men were guarding their food and um, sort of putting their, their arms and their elbows around their meals. They were licking their plates. They also tried to make their meals appear more substantial than they were by cutting them up into very small pieces or making little piles out of their food or they'd make their meals last for hours. So can you recognise any of these kinds of behaviours in yourself when you are restricting your calories or when you've cut out a food group or when you're dieting? So what this study suggests is that restriction and extreme dieting impacts an individual's physical, social, behavioural and psychological well-being. So it really does affect you in so many different ways. And this idea of becoming so preoccupied with food that it invades your thoughts and your conversation and your behaviours because you're not getting enough of it is a survival mechanism that the body undergoes when it's not getting enough calories, not getting enough nutrition or enough nourishment to keep it going and allow your body to function and do what it's supposed to do. And your body as we've said before, is always looking after you and is always seeking to redress balance. And so if you're not feeding it enough food, then it's going to seek to redress that balance by making you preoccupied with food so that you feed it, so that you eat enough food. But the problems that arise are that we now have so much emotion around food and we have so many opinions about food and what's deemed good and what's deemed bad and what's deemed naughty and all the rest of it that we have such a skewed relationship with food that when we do eventually um, break our diet and fall off the wagon and go off plan it's never with kale is it? <laughs> It's with all the foods that we've been told we're not supposed to have. And that's when we end up overeating these foods. So what we have to remember that this experiment was done in a very controlled environment. So where they were only allowed 1,570 calories in that six-month semi-starvation period, that, you know, their food was, was made for them. They had no control over what they were allowed to eat. Whereas we live in a completely uncontrolled environment. You might put yourself on a diet, a calorie-restricted diet, and be eating a 1,000 calories a day or whatever, but you're in a very uncontrolled environment because we are surrounded by food. Food is readily available wherever we go. We need food to survive. And so when you do eventually get to the point where that, those obsessive thoughts become so loud, you are obviously going to reach out for food because you're not 
being studied by a psychologist. You're just in your home or you're driving past a petrol station and the lure of a twirl bar is just too much to resist or you're standing in the queue of the supermarket. Whatever it is, we are surrounded by food and so obviously not being in a controlled environment means that we're going to eventually eat the food. And here comes you know, all of the lack of control because when we've been restricting our food and restricting our calories and cutting out food groups and cutting out foods that we actually enjoy and foods that bring us joy, that's when we start to feel completely out of control with food and that's when all the thoughts of shame and guilt and beating ourselves up for not having any willpower come into play. But what we have to remember is there are these psychological mechanisms at play that are making us reach out for food during times of starvation and it has been proven here with this study. So what do we do about this? Well obviously the reason why I'm here to help and the reason why I am so passionate about helping people to stop dieting is because I don't want you to be stuck in these patterns anymore. I don't want you to to feel like your every waking thought is around food. And there are simple solutions to this. Now, obviously, the first one is to stop restricting your calories. Now, that is easier said than done because there is a, a whole raft of work that needs to happen for you to be truly free around food and that's what I help people do. But there are some things that you can at least start to do to reject diet culture. And if you go back to some of the earlier episodes of the podcast, then I talk about diet culture and how to start to reject it and how to start your journey towards food freedom. So if you've not listened to those, if you've just found the podcast and you've not listened to some of my earlier episodes, then there and um, ready for you to listen to. And if you have heard them before, maybe having listened to this episode will encourage you to perhaps go back and listen to some of these episodes again, because sometimes when you hear things two, three, four, five, six times, I'm not saying you should listen to each episode six times, <laughs> that would be boring. But sometimes we, we hear things differently, things land differently, depending on what kind of mental state we're in when we're listening to them. So some of those earlier episodes might be useful to you in terms of how to start your journey towards quitting dieting and ultimately landing on food freedom. So that's the first thing you really need to do is you need to get yourself in a mindset to reject diet culture, to reject the diet mentality. And that's the very, very first step that we kind of teach in the world of intuitive eating um, is to reject the diet mentality. It's the first principle of intuitive eating. And it really, you know, ensures that the person uh, is ready to undergo this journey. You've got to really have a good understanding of why diets are damaging, how they are damaging, how they are impacting your day-to-day -day life and your future and your, your health outcomes over the long term so that you can go, no, I am ready to do this. So assessing somebody's readiness to reject diet culture and reject the diet mentality is really, really important. And maybe you're not quite there yet. You know, there is a lot of work that needs to happen around body image, around your thoughts and beliefs around food in order to get to that place. But this is just a starting point. Let, you know, let's say this is a stepping stone towards that place. So that's obviously the first thing, you know, we need to do. We need to stop restricting our calories. We need to nourish our bodies with the foods and the nutrients that it needs to do what it needs to do. And I've got plenty of episodes that talk about 
what kind of foods to eat and how to put a healthy plate of food together and those kinds of things. So those could be useful to you as well. Also, if you are a member of Nourish365, you will have loads of recipes and meal plans and support in terms of how to do this. We will be opening the doors to the membership again very soon. So it's a good idea for you to get your name on the wait list to be the first to find out when that happens. And we'll leave a link to that in the show notes. But really, that is the first step is, is, you know, to ensure that you are actually eating properly. The second part of it is around your thoughts. So we know from, you know, mindset work and as a mindset coach, we deal in thoughts as being the trigger for our emotions, our behaviours and our actions. So all of these things start with a thought. So really, it's very important for us to start to become aware of our thoughts. And when you are plagued by obsessive thoughts around food, we're not really noticing our thoughts. We've just got a narrative, an an internal monologue going on all day long around food that we're not really paying much attention to. It's just there. It's just like a hum. It's just like a noise. And generally, the kinds of thoughts that might be going on are around foods that you shouldn't be having. So it might be that your thought process goes something like this. I want to eat this food, I want to eat this food, I want to eat this food, but I mustn't eat this food, I mustn't eat this food, I mustn't eat this food, I must resist, I must continue to resist this thing, I shouldn't eat it, it's bad, it's naughty, it's fattening, it's sinful, it's too high in calories, it's too high in sugar, it's too high in fat, it's really unhealthy, whatever views and beliefs you have about that particular food, these are running through your mind the whole time, these thoughts, you're trying to resist the food, you're trying not to eat the food, and then comes the, oh, you know, I shouldn't eat this because I know if I eat one, I'll eat four, and then I'll feel really guilty, and then I'll feel really bloated, and then I'll feel really terrible, and then I'll feel really shameful, and so the cycle goes on with this constant internal monologue around, I don't know, a chocolate bar, and quite often, You might have this, say, for example, standing in line at the supermarket, you've got your trolley and all of the chocolate bars and the snacks and the bags of sweets and what have you are right by the checkout. And you're literally looking at them and going, not going to buy a bar of chocolate, not going to buy a bar of chocolate, not going to buy a bar of chocolate. No, it's really bad. No, it's really naughty. I'm trying to be good at the moment etc, etc, etc. And lo and behold, the bar of chocolate finds its way (laughs) into your trolley and into your shopping bag and into your home and into your face. But there's no enjoyment there. There's just feeling out of control and going, oh, why, why couldn't I have resisted buying that chocolate bar in the first place? So it's an exhausting narrative that we are plagued with all day long. So what I want to encourage you to do, and this is where I said grab a journal at the very beginning, is to try and notice some of your thoughts. You know, maybe some of the things that I've just talked about resonate with you and you realise, yes, these are the thought processes that I have. Yes, these are the kinds of thoughts that I'm having. But it, because it's such a constant monologue, you're not really noticing them and you're not really pausing to get to the root of them. Because what happens is, in that example that I just gave with the chocolate bar in the supermarket trolley, is a classic example of your thoughts determining your feelings, determining your uh, behaviours, determining your action. So standing there going, mustn't buy it, mustn't buy it, and feeling shameful for wanting to have it, but getting it anyway and eating it anyway. Whereas if you'd had a different thought process, perhaps that could have played out differently. So it may be that if you had a different thought process where you're standing in line and you see the chocolate bar and you're like, hmm, okay, well, I do fancy that chocolate, 
But because I give myself permission to eat chocolate whenever I want it, I don't really feel like I want to have it today. Or it might be that you do want to have it. And so rather than buying a big bar, you buy a small bar and you eat it and you enjoy it with a cup of tea or as dessert for a meal and you just eat it and move on and no big deal. That The problem happens is that when we're plagued with these thoughts of restriction, that's when you end up feeling out of control and eating much more than you would have done had you had a different thought process that was more in line with food freedom. So when it comes to noticing our thoughts and acknowledging that we are just the thinker of our thoughts and we have the ability to change our thoughts and change our narrative and change what goes on in our mind that will determine what will then happen as a result of those thoughts, then we can start to create a different reality for ourselves. I really want to encourage you to to perhaps carry a little journal around with you if this is the first time that you're you know, hearing about this kind of concept of, oh my goodness, yeah, I didn't realise I could actually track my thoughts. And, and But when we do tune in, and when we do get to a point where we're not letting external factors control us, then we can have a lot more control over our outcomes. So when you notice yourself having thoughts like this, just simply have a pause and notice your thoughts and write them down. What am I thinking? How is this making me feel? That's a really important next step. And quite a lot of times people aren't really that very well in tune with their feelings. Um, So it's really important to try and, and determine, right, what feeling is this thought triggering in me? Is it guilt? Is it shame? Is it anger? Is it frustration? What is the feeling that is being determined by the thoughts that you are having? And then you can say, well, how would I like to feel How would I prefer to feel? You don't want to feel guilty and shameful and angry and resentful and frustrated around food. How would you prefer to feel? And what could you think in order to allow yourself to feel that way, which will then allow you to make a decision and create a behavior from a much more positive place of empowerment than a place of feeling like you're being controlled by something else. And that's a key part of food freedom is empowerment. You are empowered to make your own choices, to make your own decisions about food and about your behaviors and about the habits that you create for yourself. But when you are simply following a diet plan and being made to feel guilty when you don't follow it, you don't have any control over your feelings and over your behavior. So this is about taking the control back and empowering you to be a vessel for your emotions that you actually have more control over rather than letting other things control you all the time. So your action steps from this podcast, because I like to give you something to do and some actionable things to do, because this has been quite mindset based, which can be difficult to sort of give you things to do on. But go back and listen to some of my earlier episodes, episodes, you know, one, two and three of the podcast were very much about diet culture, how to reject it, how to start your journey to rejecting diet culture, how to stop dieting and that kind of thing. So go back and listen to those earlier episodes. Number two, Get yourself on the waitlist for my membership, Nourish365, because we will be opening up again soon. And this is where the magic happens. This is where the work happens. You know, I support you and the community supports you to stop dieting and have a healthier relationship with food. And you get all the tools and resources, workshops, masterclasses, meal plans, recipes, you name it, you know, live Q&As with me. And there's lots and lots of support there. So it's a really good place if you are new to this and you want to start this journey towards food freedom then that's what we do inside nourish 365 and i'll drop the link to the waitlist in the show notes but it is laurengafer.com forward slash club and the third thing that i want you to do is go and invest in a beautiful journal and start to just play around with 
writing out your thoughts and how those thoughts are making you feel, specifically when it comes to food. And maybe at the end of each day, have a little roundup of the thoughts that you've had around food and what, what they stem from and what beliefs they stem from. So quite often our thoughts are stemmed in the beliefs that we have. So believing that foods are sinful, naughty, evil, blah, blah, blah. When actually when we, you know, when we break it down and we have some more food neutrality, then we don't have, those foods don't have such a hold over us. So start to journal out your thoughts and start to play around with the different thoughts that you're having around food to see if you can try and change your narrative and say, well, what would I rather be thinking? What would I rather be feeling? And how you can try and change that inner monologue so that you can create a life for yourself that you're actually in control of as opposed to feeling controlled by food all the time. All right, well, this has been fabulous. I hope you've enjoyed it, even though I do say so myself. And I will see you on next week's episode. Take care. Bye. Thank you again for spending your time with me today. If this episode was valuable to you, I would truly appreciate it if you shared it with someone that would find it helpful. Also, don't forget you can find all the resources, links and show notes over at youarenourished.com. See you next week on the You Are Nourished podcast. Bye for now.